I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Dream Job Ready podcast and video series. My name is Dane Sharp. I'm your host and my guest for this episode is Grant Sherson, Partnerships Executive at Commission Factory. Please note that the opinions of guests are their own and not those of the companies they have worked for. G'day Grant, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Dream Job Ready. Stoked to have you on mate and I really look forward to kind of diving into your career uh, and getting some takes and some advice from you on you know, how to really start your career for students and, and how to end up getting a dream job for a company like Commission Factory. Yeah, absolutely and uh, thanks for having me on your podcast man, I've never done this before. Um, it's exciting. Um, yeah, so I've been with Commission Factory for four years. When I first started, I, I landed in a um, accounts role right after uni. And sort of two months into that, um, management saw a skill in me that didn't lend to my experience, which was in um, partnerships and sales. So I moved over to that role. And for the last sort of three, three and a half years, I've been working in partnerships for um, small, medium enterprise businesses, um, onboarding clients to the network and starting affiliate programs with them. Um, you know, it's, it's been challenging at some points, um, but look, I'm, I'm stoked to be at that company and in the role, it's rewarding. And, um, you know, you, you meet fantastic people uh, and brands. So I'm really enjoying it. Can I ask you how you um, ended up there originally? Like, did you get recruited? Did you apply for the job? Did you know someone in there that snuck you in the back door? Um, look, if I'm honest, it was probably the last business that I applied to once I finished uni. Um, cutting a long story short, I was in a role in broadcast media and I just finished my degree and I was desperate for something new. Um, and I was actually applying all over Sydney like you do when you when you finish university, you apply, you apply, you apply. And I think I probably had about 15 interviews in Sydney. And then on the day I, day before I graduated, I got a call from a company that I put a resume through to, and it was Commission Factory. And they said, do you want to come up for an interview? And here's me thinking, oh God, this is going to be number 16 job interview that I'm going to fail. Um, I prepared for it as well as I could. I got a, a definition of affiliate marketing off Wikipedia nice. and walked into the, the, um, the meeting room uh, with two co-workers and had the interview. And to this day, they still say it was the worst description of affiliate marketing they've ever heard. 
hopefully, hopefully you've gone and changed the Wikipedia definition now, have you? You guys can write it. I, I probably should. I, probably, I tried to remember it. Um, but look, the next day they rang me and said that you've got the job. And it, it wasn't just the job itself that appealed to me. It was the environment that they, that they told us about that that's what they sold me to, you know, the work environment, um, when they finish work, what they like to do. The, the, the general culture of the company was what really sold me. And um, that's how I got there, really. Um, and now that I'm in it, like, I, I plan to stay for as long as I can because I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. And, you know, you know talk to me about that, um, you know, I guess, graduate to full-time job transition because I saw on the news last night, and I'm just going to read this because I wrote it down and tweeted it, ABC Late News mentioned that um, in 2019, 28% of graduates did not get a full-time job within the first four months after they graduated. Uh, and that's up from only about 15% back in 2008, which was sort of off the last um, kind of huge global crisis. So, you know, those, those aren't great stats. 28% of graduates not getting a full-time job. Hopefully some of those have gone traveling and, you know, lying on a beach and don't want a job, but, um, you know, heavy stats. You know, Talk about, it's, it's a real struggle, right? It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not like you finish your, your degree, you get your piece of paper and boom, you're in the door. It's hard work. No, it's not, man. And like, it's, you've really got to question like how hard are they really trying to get these jobs? I mean, I, I, I sent so many resumes out to so many companies in Sydney and I went to like job interviews and made an absolute fool of myself in front of managers when they were asking me about different marketing um, you've, you've got to put the hard yards in, you know, don't just finish uni and be like, right, here's five potential jobs. Here's my resume. If I don't get them, well, give up. You, you just have to plug it. You have to keep just sending your resume out everywhere, everywhere. And if I were to go back and do it again, I wouldn't just use resumes. Um, I, I'd be utilizing things like LinkedIn, get a LinkedIn profile, reach out to CEOs, managers, um, whatever sort of position within a role you want talk to them on there. And that's, I reckon that's the loophole how to get into jobs these days, not just resume sending, man, because, you know, I've seen it before resumes come in and some of them are like, if, it, if it's badly written, then it's just going to get passed on. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, in regards to reaching out to people, as you said, and, and even, you know, fronting up at an interview, it is daunting sometimes, right? Like, you know, everyone's got a slightly different personality. You've got um, you know, introverts, extroverts, you've got people that are, you know, used to networking, maybe have been kind of brought up that way or had that had that opportunity to have that experience you know, in their schooling versus others that, you know, want to get somewhere but ha maybe haven't had that chance yet. You know, have you got any, got any tips or any insights on overcoming that fear and overcoming the nerves and just giving it a crack and not being worried about the, the no that might be there or the yes that might be as well? Yeah, look, man, I'm, I'm an anxious person. Like, I, I overthink lots of things. And, you know, my manager and my role even, like, say that now. When it comes to doing my job, I get anxious about not having the right answer for someone. Like, particularly in a sales or partnerships role, if you're bringing on new business and someone asks you a question, you want to have the right answer. But, look, that's just the way that I think about it. Like, we're all humans. You know, we, we're not always going to have the answer. I think if it comes back to doing, like, if... If you're applying for a job, just learn as much as you can about the company. Um, do practice interview questions. And it, it doesn't hurt to ask the people who are going to interview you, do you have any questions that you might be asking, any information? Preparation is key for any sort of meeting, particularly a job interview, man. If you go in and you, you, you've got some understanding of who you're talking to about the business, the nerves are going to drop. But at the end of the day, 
don't feel bad to go into a meeting because you're nervous because like everyone is man and i think that if you know if you're one of these people that are like oh i'm never nervous then you, you know you're probably full of crap so I, I wouldn't worry about it too much man i'm four years into my job and i still get nervous i'm nervous now <laughs> oh, mate, relax. Have a sip of water. You'll be fine with me. Um, no, I think that I think there's a couple of really good pieces of advice in there, mate. You know, preparation. Um, 100% nailed that. I reckon it's 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 not easy to do, and it's not an equal share every time you go to an interview or go to a job opportunity. But you know, you're, you're definitely right. Just knowing um, at least where you stand, what you want to get out of this role, what you're looking for, and uh, and and hopefully having the you know, the guts to be honest about it, um, having that kind of preparation is, is key, um, both from going and being an interviewee, uh, but also from an interviewer. You know, uh, some of my worst interviews that I've done with candidates is when I, I potentially haven't been as prepared as I should have been. So I think that's super key. And then the other one, um, you know, there's a lot of cliches thrown around, and you sort of dismiss them. I, I think I did a bunch of times when I was when I was young about you know every no gets you closer to a yes and you know, if you don't ask, you won't know if it's a no or a yes and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's true, mate. Like I, I, there's, there must be some billionaire CEOs out there that have been knocked back from dozens, hundreds of jobs that, you know, you never hear about. And I think that's the key thing for anyone to think about is you know, no, no one apart from you and that person is going to know if, if you didn't get that job. And what does it matter anyway, right? Like the, on to the next one. Yeah. And if... You're totally right about that. Like every successful person has had a no or been knocked back or, you know, they, they may have been fired. They may have lost their jobs. Like no one, I don't think you'll go out and talk to any level-headed successful person today and they'll, they'll say that like everything has been smooth sailing for me. There, there's no way. You're always going to get bumps in the road. And I think it's those bumps that actually make you more confident. Um, you know, like you, you can use what you may have failed in one interview as something to build on in your next interview. I didn't prepare enough for this one. This is what I'm going to do for this one. And you can build on your strengths. And that's definitely the way to do it. But man, like everyone's going to get knocked back. I mean, I was knocked back. I reckon at least 15 times then. <laughs> and here you are, get back up. And I think, you know, back to, back to that point about preparation you made, I think um, beyond just sort of knowing and kind of, um, you know, kind of prepping uh, some direction for your answers, etc. The other thing that, that I think um, you know, really hits home for me now, and I wish I'd probably heard it earlier, uh, it's already come out in a few interviews I've done in this podcast series, is really around kind of showing me. Um, and that doesn't, need, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to build a 100-page business plan for a company you're going to interview or anything ridiculous like that, but just at least going and experiencing the product or the service or the, the company that, you've, that you're applying for um, as, a, as a basis is I think a necessity. I've had people uh, that I've interviewed for jobs and they haven't even worn that product or been into that restaurant or, or um, you know, used that piece of service that I was working for and I was kind of like, come on, like you're coming in for a job, you know, humor me and, and give it a crack once, right? So yeah. one thing I liked uh, about what you said earlier around, um, you know, getting the job initially, you said you, you weren't, you know, um, I guess a, an experienced or, or a, a well-versed in, in the world of commission factory, but... One thing I, I'm sure of, sure of is you would have had the chance to work already with partners that you have known for a while, you know, businesses and companies that you're well aware of. And I think that's something interesting uh, to think about when you're starting a new role with a company. And certainly new startups uh, today are a great example. They may not have a huge um, you know, presence in the, in, in the world yet. Um, you know, it might be all opportunity rather than history. But, you know, the connections and the partnerships and the relationships with other companies um, must be great. You know, what are some of the, some of the cool companies you're getting the chance to work with? Oh, 
man, you, you, we've got over 650 advertisers at the moment. I mean, you name it. It's whether it's fashion. I mean, when I first started in, in sales, um, I remember my manager saying to me, you know, we're going to start prospecting, try and try and get in touch with a brand. And I think I got in touch with Armani within two weeks of being in the role and scored a meeting. And that scared the crap out of me. But, I, you know, that was in two, within two weeks of the role, like I was going to a meeting with my manager with Armani. Coupled with that, you know, you've got the surf brands, Rip Curl, Quicksilver, Deus Ex Machina. You've got, you know, fast fashion brands, Shopo. You've got like, um, you know, homewares, department stores. Um, like you, you name it. And I, I can pretty much guarantee you that like most most of them are on our network and it's that's one of the cool parts about it is being able to not only go and do business with these really well-known brands but also build the the relationships with the people at these businesses um i think that's definitely one of the cool parts of the job i like building relationships with people and you know when you can come home and say oh you know i, I talked to quicksilver today or you know i'm got a meeting with ASICs or something like that. It's, I don't know, it's, it's the rewarding part of the, the job. And I think even more rewarding is when this company decides to work with you as a result of the work you've done. And when that happens, yeah, you know, the whole company congratulates you. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a bonus factor. Um, yes, you know, same as me right now. I'm, I'm working with Groupon, and, and you know I love working with the brand. It's a great company, but I also get to work with other partners, uh, which you know kind of broadens my job um you know and, and 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 kind of makes it a deeper job you know i get to kind of branch out and and almost have you know multiple jobs within one um, commission mm. factory is obviously something you know some a company that groupon works with uh, i linked up my wife's business salty crush with commission factory very early um yep. you know I, I really think the affiliate marketing industry is is still just scratching the surface globally um and, and i think it's an exciting place to to be at which is one of the reasons why i wanted to chat with you you know you're, you're in there right now you've been in there for a couple of years and i think you know, you probably agree you're only just getting started and, and you know, the industry is only just getting started. Um, you know, what sell would you give someone that's, uh, you know, finishing a degree or finishing some, finishing some studies or just looking for a career change um, to move over into that kind of world of affiliate marketing, affiliate sales and, and partner marketing? It's relatively small within marketing at the moment, as I think within Australia, it's only had like a 10-year presence or so. Um, for a long time, a lot of people didn't really understand it. Um, they thought that it was just, you know, create a coupon and make a discount for your program and that's it. There's, it's growing so much today. And from when I started, affiliates were like, you're looking at, you know, your blogger or your content site or an influencer. That's going to promote your brand um, to drive sales. It's grown so much now. You know, we're working with partnerships like Groupon, for one, huge. Um, your, your cashback websites, cash rewards and shopback. Loyalty programs like uh, Qantas Points More, Velocity Points More. It's growing so much and it's going to keep growing. And I think that's one of the exciting parts about it. Um, anyone who wants to jump into a role in an environment um, with an industry that's going to continually grow and it's going to, grow your knowledge as well i think affiliate marketing is definitely one and i think you know especially innovation uh, and invention as well i think there's there's a stack of stuff that i think hasn't been invented and hasn't been created yet uh within partner marketing affiliate marketing you know partner sales etc and i think that's the bit that excites me i mean as you mentioned you know that there's sort of the the, the obvious hardcore 
uh, we'll link out, send someone to you, take a clip, get a discount kind of set up, um, you know, which is the bread and butter part of it. Uh, but I think, and one thing I really think coming off the back and once we get out of this whole isolation world and, you know, past COVID-19, et cetera, and, um, you know, one thing that's coming out of that is the need to work together better, um, you know, as humanity, but also companies. I think that partner networking um, is so crucial. And I've always thought it. Uh, I've always been so much more inclined to want to call something a partnership than a sponsorship. Um, you know, when I've worked in roles with, uh, McDonald's and eBay and Rip Curl and Under Armour. Um, you know, I, I sort of hate just paying for something and getting a logo on something and calling it a sponsorship. Like I want to work with that company and with those people and those companies' customers to actually create something interesting or exciting or engaging. So um, let's talk about schooling, mate. You know, you did a couple of different things at TAFE and, uh, and then eventually went on to get a degree at uni uh, over a few years. Do you want to talk to me about where your headspace was, I guess, leaving high school um, and kind of, Headspace. <laughs> you know, what, what, what were you thinking as you undertook the, the launch into adulthood and trying to be a, a grown up? I suppose, at this point. I, I left, I left high school and I got offered to go to NIDA, which is, uh, I don't know what stands for national Institute of drama or something like that, but I decided not to, and I dropped out and went to TAFE and did real estate. Um, I just National Institute of Dramatic Arts. I just had to Google that really quickly. Right. Okay. That's it. You know, that's where Mel Gibson went to do his acting training. And I I, I decided against it because I just didn't think I could make a career out of it. So, but I I knew that I had to be studying. I didn't get into uni when I first left school. So I went to TAFE and did real estate uh, and valuation. Um, That up in Sydney. And then I got accepted to go to... um, University of Western Sydney to do a degree in property valuation. And I did that and I hated it and I, I never used it. Um, why'd you hate it? Can I ask why you hate it, mate? Why, why the- I, I didn't have a passion for it. It, it just didn't, it didn't drive anything in me. And, you know, combine that with the late night work, all the travel, it just, it, it, nothing for me, man. Like you know, nothing at all. And that's when I, I had a, a long discussion with my mum and dad about it. And I pulled the plug and I worked in um, nightclubs for 10 years. Uh, and, and during that time, I did a couple of, you know, further TAFE courses in event management and hospitality because I've always, I, I've never wanted to be stagnant. I've always wanted to be learning something. Um, even though I was working, I wanted to be like pursuing something. So that's where the event management part of the role came in. So they're already like leaving school within five years. It's been like, three different roles and studying different stuff like that. Yeah, gotcha. And, and you know, let's let's just talk about um, doing uni and doing work at the same time because I think there's something into that. I was, I was, I've always been a big advocate of, of you know, very minimum doing as much work experience as possible, uh, whether it's a day, a week, a month, you know, even a, a longer term opportunity if it's there. Um, you know, I think that's, that's really interesting if, you know, really trying to ignite that passion, if you're able to continue learning about it both, A, on the job, and then be in some of those sort of more, um, you know, kind of schooling opportunities. Um, do you, th- do you, you know, does that, do you really think that was important uh, in that stage? Yeah, it was, it was definitely important and it, it, it helped out a lot. Um, I, I've, you know, when I was doing hospitality and event management, I was able to utilize the work I was doing in nightclubs to assist with, with these diplomas. When I was doing media communications and journalism, I was able to utilize the, you know, the, the people I had at, at Win TV to help me get through this, you know, whether it be tough assignments on, you know, 
different media legislation that come out. I'd have the people there to help me because I was working and studying at the same time. It's definitely helpful if you're working within the same industry that you're studying. And I think it, it fuels um, you know, what you were saying a little earlier around about being prepared, even in things like job interviews or starting a new job. Uh, you know, it, it gives you... If you're doing if you're doing some schooling and studies and having a write about you know an event or whatever it is in the industry that your your course is asking you, um, if you're actually also out there living it and working it, it gives you of course some tangible experience, right? It gives you insights, data, you know, reality and experience. So of course you're going to be able to, I guess, call bullshit on your own writing if if, if what you're writing is wrong, or actually give you some um, you know some backing to that. So I think that's super key, and and I think it's just like job interviewing or going for a new job you can't really go in there and convey your you know um you know best self in that position in that opportunity if you haven't actually experienced that company or that product as well so um yeah i really think that's a cool thing and and, you know i guess starting out and getting experience as well is key within that so because after you've done your um you've done your studies you've graduated you know we talked about the stats earlier not everyone just walks straight into a job if you're walking yep. out with, hey, I've also been doing some work related to the field I've just, um, you know, graduated in, that must be a great head start uh, or, or at least a great talking point in those interviews. Yeah, I mean, work experience can lead to a job. A lot of the times it does. It's, you'll be lucky to find doing work experience and get paid for it. Like m- most of it's going to be unpaid and it sucks. It really does, but it's so beneficial, um, you know, to have it on your resume, to have it on your LinkedIn. They might even come back and say, oh, you know, you, you've worked, you've done work experience with us now for a month. You've done really well. We've got a position opening up in a month. Finish your degree, come on in. We've got a new starter at, um, at Commission Factory, Mitch. He's an absolute legend. He's kind of working under me and my coworker, Isabella, doing sort of a lot of prospecting work. Um, he actually did his first sales call the other day. He's doing absolutely brilliant. But what he did is he came and did a week with us in... March last year, um, fell straight into the, the culture of the work. Everyone loved him. Hard worker, switched on, young. He was finishing his degree though. He wasn't finishing till November. Um, when he left, I was like, "Mate, I, I don't want you to go. Like, I want you to stay." He's like, "Oh well, you know, I've got to go and finish the degree." He left, and I spoke to my CEO and said, "Look, man, if you're if you're going to get someone in the sales team, that's the kind of person." that we want, hardworking, dedicated, fun, loves to go for beers after work. And Zane offered him the, the job that afternoon. And January this year, he's walked back in the door, working, working full-time, moved to Sydney, and he's doing a phenomenal role. So even if it's a week of unpaid work experience, oh, man, like it can do so much for you in, in 12 months' time. No, that's awesome, mate. And, and, and yeah, you're right. It may not put a, um, you know, any money in your pocket for that week, but you get paid in experience, you get paid in opportunity and, and also exposure, right? So that, that's a great example, that guy to you know, come in and, and spend some time with you guys and then end up with a proper job out of it. Um, saved him a heck of a lot of stress and uh, anxiety and, and effort later, right? Because Yeah, hey, absolutely. The- he, he was finishing uni and he, he knew that he had a job. He knew that in six months he'd be moving to Sydney. Um, he made his plans. And then on the date, on like January the 20th, he, he rocked up to work and he's, he's doing a great job, man. Even in these tough times, he's doing a brilliant job. So I, I fully recommend um, getting some sort of work experience because you never know where it will lead you. That's great, mate. 
Um, hey, I'm going I'm to jump right now into our uh, question, uh, our student question of the week, because uh, I think it's a good one. Um, it's from a student named Alyssa, or Alyssa, uh, and Alyssa asks, what's the best advice you can give that will help you plan out a career rather than simply just working and keeping a job by working? Well, I mean, that's, it's a good question. Like I never had a, a well-planned out idea of what I wanted to do. I fell into everything as a process and am lucky enough to have landed in a role that, that I enjoy. Um, people, you know, you, you talk about dream job um, and what, what would everyone's dream job be? And I still don't know the answer to that. I, and I think that's awesome what's most important to me is the environment that I'm in. And that's why working where I do is so important. I guess back to the student's question is like, a lot of people know what they want to do. Um, and it goes back to, you know, trying to get your foot in the door with, with any sort of like basic role, work experience role, making yourself familiar online within, within that sort of that market, get yourself on LinkedIn, update it, um, join groups, talk to people, um, start conversations, do your resume, um, make calls, send emails, and gradually, look, it's tedious. It's really tedious and it genuinely sucks. It can take six months before you get a bite back, but slowly all this work is gonna snowball and one day someone's gonna say, hey, let's have a chat. You know, it's, uh, that's the way that I do it and that's the kind of way that like it's, it's worked out for me. Um, I, I really hope that's answered her question to some extent. I think it's a really good answer, mate. And I think, uh, you know, I think one thing in there that, that I'll chime in on is, is it is a process. And, and you're right, everyone's got a different process. And, and I don't think that's, that's, that's a problem. I think it's a necessity. But um, it is a process. And I think, uh, you know, don't be too stressed out if you don't know what that career will, uh, you know, entail. Um, because even, even someone that did say, I want to be a lawyer and then went on to be a lawyer would have discovered a stack of you know, new things uh, in between that and learn a whole bunch of stuff and done things that they never dreamt of uh, even within that. So, yeah, really good answer, mate. And I hope that as well. I hope that answered Alyssa's question. Um, hey, thanks so much for your time, Grant. Really appreciate it. It's all right, man. It's great to get on here. I know it's taken a, a month or two, but um, yeah, I mean, I was super excited. I hope I answered all the questions, um, right? I think there's some great advice in there and, um, you know, I wish you well. Stay, stay sane, uh, stay energised and, um, yeah, thanks again. Legend. Thanks so much, Dane. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. 